I would say what we talked about this week like usual, but I can't. <laughs> On this week's episode of the Infusion Breakdown Show, the Breakdown crew sat in among ourselves to discuss whether or not the no snitching rule is a detriment to the black community. Let's see what we come up with. So the question we have for today, is the no snitching rule hurting black people? Comment below, let us know your opinion. We also have timestamps in the description below. As always, be sure to check them out. Uh, what is a snitch? I'm glad you asked. So <laughs> I actually, I'm gonna cite Morgan Freeman off of Snitches and Rats from 21 Savage and Metro Boomin's last album. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. But Morgan Freeman said, a regular citizen who reports seeing a crime is not a snitch. The criminals were just sloppy. And I think that's where a large part of the, the problem around no snitching comes into play because people have misconception of what it is. It's like, if something happens to ordinary citizen, like um, their car is vandalized or um, I don't know, whatever, and they happen to report it, okay, that's different. But if you happen to be a person who you you portray yourself to live a certain lifestyle and then you go and go and tell, okay, then I can see why the perception is different because you're not, you're operating in two different realms. It's like you want to be part of it, but then you don't want the consequences that come along with it. So I could see that as being problematic. And I think that a lot of people conflate the two. They think that just because somebody is um, going to an authority figure within a certain instance, that that constitutes snitching and there's, there's like a, a certain stigma towards that. And I think that as you as you get older and mature and get into the real world, you see those real consequences, things like that. Like if somebody was to, uh, like in, the, like in the example that I gave before, like if somebody goes and vandalize your car and then you go and beat the shit out of them, like there's real consequences. You could actually go to jail for that. I mean, not saying that um, it doesn't warrant some kind of anger and that's not justified in, in doing that, but I'm just saying that there are real consequences and that may not be the best course of action for you to take. So I can, uh, I guess I'll, I'll leave it at that for now. And so you mentioned what it isn't. Did you say what it is? What is a snitch? Yeah. Yeah, somebody minding somebody else's. Okay, so part of the subsequent thing with lines what he said in that in that intro was a snitch is someone minding other folks' business to find information they could sell for a price or trade for some other form of compensation. So it could be for a favor, uh, like you said, money or or any of those kind of things, attention. So scenario, um, you know somebody that told you, yo, I'm gonna go rob this bank tomorrow. They do it. The cops come to you like, so you have any information <laughs> on the bank? What are you going to say? If they ask me, I mean, that's a real world scenario where there are repercussions for you. So it, it, you got to think about it. If you lie, then you're an accomplice of the crime. And then you could potentially go to jail for something you didn't do. And that's not something I'm down for. Okay. I mean, are, would, would you? uh no i'm not lying over somebody else no. <laughs> no, i didn't not. think so uh so another question if a serial killer ne lived next door to you would you call the police on him do you know they're a serial killer i mean i would i would assume so i would assume so, th yeah. so so how do i know i just i just but see that's a, that's a very good question <laughs> that's a very good question like that's usually a, usually really people question. usually people like serial killers they aren't uh they aren't 
flashy about that kind of thing. You know, you don't just see him like toting a body over the shoulders <laughs> and taking it out. And it's like, man, I really see like I seen him go out with like seven bodies. Like if it was just six, I would have been quiet about it. But <laughs> that seventh one, uh, I am. But but that's Hello? that's that's, that's, that, that's <laughs> another reason why I asked you though, because some some neighbors are more nosier than I know. I'm not the nosy neighbor. Like yeah. I know I'm not that person that would look out like, what is he doing today? Oh look, he got a cat. You know what I mean? So I just asked. Maybe you are the type of neighbor. Maybe you're like listening outside your door. Like what's what's going on? Like are they having no, but, violence next door? What's going on? You know. You said a serial killer, so I'm trying to think like how how yeah, you. But know? you but but you could look out your let's say you look out your back door one time and you see this dude <laughs> uh making a hole and putting a body in there or something in but, his backyard. But serial implies more than one time. So how many times you got to catch him digging holes in the yard? <laughs> that is a good question. So so the first one wasn't enough. Well, let's okay. You don't have to say serial killer. You can just say murderer. Yeah. Okay. I'm. I'm just. I'm just picking at your your scenario and trying to trying to see how much information was going to be given. But you said okay. Well, a murderer. And I mean that's that's something that I thought about too because it's like I, I love First Forty Eight and you always see the people on there and they're asking for justice for their family members, for their friends, their loved ones, and nobody wants to talk. And then like. The people who do talk, okay, so this is really weird too, how when they finally do find somebody who, who does give them information, they don't do their best job to try to hide it because like they'll show like the color of the house and they'll have like other identifying details about that person shown in the clip or they'll give like a, sometimes I, well, they could be given fake names or something like that. But to me, it feels like if you were to get somebody's to give you information on a crime like that, they would do a little bit better job of hiding that stuff to, for that person's safety. That's why that's a part of the reason why people don't tell on stuff and don't give information to the authorities. Like, I understand that because you're afraid for yourself. But to your main question about if it was a, a murder, I think that that's something serious enough to where the consequence would warrant that. I mean, I also think that, um, I'm just trying to find a line. I'm just trying to find the line yeah. of what, what you referring to as what is actually a snitch. And also the definition that you actually said, do other people actually agree with that definition? And actually go with that definition. Too. I think, I mean, it's a, I think one of the things you can use to differentiate is there's something like this thing called tattletaling. So it's just like small things that don't really amount to anything. So me telling that, um, like you think about things that children do, like something where, where there's practically no consequence and you're just telling for the sake of like I said, the attention to suck up to the person who you're telling them to, or just to get the other person in trouble, even though it may be minuscule, but there's very little consequence. And then you have actually you have actual incidences that do have gravity. Like if there were, like there's a number of incidents. There was a time in high school to where I was on the school bus and there were there was talk of some kids coming back and shooting up the school. And I got off the school bus and I went right to the office because I wasn't going to have that. Like, it, I'm, I'm not, I couldn't let that happen and be on my conscience. And that's something that you don't take lightly. Like that, that was a, it turned out to be complete BS, but all in all, like that's something that you sh that should be taken seriously. And for me to say, okay, well, no snitching and, and not go and report that. Like that's ridiculous. I got you. What do you what do you think that's where's the line? Do you, do you think people actually agree with that definition that Brian actually went through? Uh I think 
the logical people will agree with that definition. I think that <laughs> the people who are committing, you know, you think, the acts, you think people are mostly dumb or mostly smart? I think people are retarded. So do you? So you feel a lot yeah. of people won't? I'm go sorry. With that. Let me let me reference that because we don't use retarded here. I think people are mentally deficient. Okay, so you feel a lot of people won't go by Brian's definition. A lot of people won't. Like that's the thing. Okay. Like a lot of people aren't. Does that make it accurate not, though? If the majority doesn't go for that definition? Uh, I mean, does the majority rule? Yeah, majority doesn't rule when it comes to the interpretation of stuff. It's like, well, I mean, majority can rule when it comes to interpretation of stuff, but when it comes to like the erroneous interpretation of things, then you have to, you then have to weigh whose opinion is more valid, the people committing the crimes or the people who are interpreting all the actions that were involved in this crime. You know what I'm saying? Like there are certain people that are just worried about the end game or the end all be all that is snitching, whereas being concerned with the crimes that are being committed. The people that are more worried about the, the, the snitching, while they may be considered the masses, you know, directly or indirectly, those aren't the people I'm listening to. Those aren't the people that I'm, you know, concerned about their opinions. Like retaliation is always a thing. And I think that, you know, TV dramas always, you know, hype stuff up because when you think about snitching, you think that the police are the first people to know. And then on top of that, you know, that there's typically a mole in the department or somebody that works for the people that are committing these crimes. The person that works with the department then tells the people who committed a crime who the suspect is, and then it comes back on the suspect. Like, I feel like a lot of that stuff is just glorified at the end of the day. But my opinion of it all is I actually like, I'm, I actually was going to reference what uh, Brian said as far as, you know, the Morgan Freeman intro to Snitches and Rats. But, uh, and it was Savage Mode too. That's the, uh, that's the album. But um, the, definition I'm gonna go with is really what Pharrell said on drink champs like for me I'm one of those I'm very very aware I'm very conscious like I'm somebody that analyzes every aspect of every room that I'm in I'm gonna remove myself and if I can't remove myself I'm gonna let it be known like yo I'm not this isn't my shit like this has nothing to do with me if y'all get caught sorry nigga I'm trying to come home like that's that's the end <laughs> of it <laughs> like Y'all get caught and it comes back on me. I'm going, I'm going with Pharrell's definition of it because it's like people understand that there is inherent risk with everything we do in life, but some risk is just retarded, but because it has a high reward, but that, that risk ain't got nothing to do with me. Like I'm always let it be known that like, I have no idea, nothing. I had no idea what their intentions were with this thing. I'm out of here. Like, I'm not going to be on those six, nine shit and deliberately putting myself in the same vicinity as murderers, drug dealers, this, that, and the third. Like, okay, I've been, I've, I've hung around with drug dealers, but I've never been in the same clique as, as them as you get in. Like, we've been at the same parties. We've been at the same kickbacks. We know the same people, but I'm not putting myself directly in that circle to be compromised, knowing that, you know, they they are well aware of the risk. I'm well aware of the risk, but those are just risks that I'm I'm not willing to take. You weren't commissioning those people either. That was just precisely. Yeah. Precisely. 
I got you. I think the uh, main problem with it is it it mainly sets a standard of loyalty that shouldn't exist. That's how I feel yeah. about it. Even if it is justified to not talk to police, you're still setting a standard of loyalty loyalty that just ends up being selfishness. And um, but I at least understand its existence because it used to be you don't tell the police anything because they aren't going to help you anyway, or you call the police yeah. and the police will come and they'll arrest you or something like that. So that really. So that was really more about the mistrust of the police rather than mm-hmm. actually like a selfishness type of thing. Uh, but mm-hmm. over time, it's turned into a kind of te- it's it turned into more of like a loyalty contest instead of a sign of mistrust and placing that standard on uh, loyalty can hurt anyone, not just black people. That's really how I feel about that. But it, it just yeah. sets up like a brand standard of loyalty. It is just like, oh, you got to be loyal because no, don't don't switch, don't snitch, don't snitch. Yeah, and just like yeah. I- yeah. Okay, okay, go. I was gonna say, I feel like anytime something hits pop culture or sometimes anything, something goes mainstream and you now have the misinformed using terminology that isn't necessarily true, then I feel like that's where the definition begins to gray. Like, I'm pretty sure, you know, Do you there's think no the definition ma- could change though? You think yeah, definition, I feel like definitions can always change, but I feel like for things like that, there's clear cut. There should be clear cut definitions because, you know, ambiguity at the end of the day can be the difference between life or death for somebody. Like, I mean, just to be, you know, very, very, you know, straight to the point, ambiguity with this particular definition can be the, you know, difference between life or death. And I think, you know, does it hurt the black community? I mean, I think it 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 misguides them. Like their community is their community. Our community is our community. Like regardless of if it's the you know urban, you know urban inner city or if it's the suburbs. Like our community is our community. When you begin to conform to like the demands of fear or people that are trying to induce fear, like then you just become a product of your environment. Like trust me, I, I understand. I've been in situations to where. I could have said something, but I kept my mouth shut knowing that, you know, just how police are, like they they want to pin something on somebody. And if nobody says anything, then it's your your story versus theirs. And you just do the best you can to tell your story to the, to the best of your ability. But it's like in more severe hindering cases, like, I mean, if you have the ability to like clean up your community, then, you know, it, it starts at the at the grassroots level, like. You got to have a true understanding of what something like that is before you, you know, you go flipping a coin of should I snitch or should I tell or should I not tell? Is it my life or is it, you know, the right thing to do? Like, you know, but you so a person could say, like, let's say you're talking about it, the right thing to do. I, you say that and then I think it goes into more about what the person feels, because look, we was talking about. Judas and the Black Messiah on Xbox, where you was Javante was talking about it, right? He was talking about yeah. the O'Neill dude, right? In his mind, he could think of it that's actually the right thing to do because the FBI thought the Black Panther Party was more like the Ku Klux Klan. You know what I mean? I'm glad you said that. So, like, I was actually watching this video last night on YouTube, and it's about soul loss. And it's like when you lose your soul and your soul becomes fragmented, there are certain entities that that choose to enter those spaces that have been fragmented and they can essentially control what your view on things are. So this is somebody, and we're gonna use this particular example. This is somebody that was committing crimes, impersonating an officer. Like it's pretty safe to say that he had a shattered soul. 
the FBI may not be looking at it from this perspective of view of like soul loss, but they have now realized that they now have leverage over this person. And this person is choosing between freedom or spending five years in jail. So he chooses freedom in return of providing information. Now, because he has already, we have already acknowledged that, you know, he has a fragmented soul. He is then able, he then has the other, you know, I'm not gonna say presence of mind, but he has all these other entities that can come in and convince him that he's doing the right thing. Keyword is convinced. Like this isn't, this isn't guidance of your uh, intuition or anything like a spirit guiding you, telling you to, you know, do this. So this is him like over time grooming himself to like, hey, I'm doing the right thing for a better cause when really he's known all along that what he's doing is malicious. But when you have that fragmented soul and those entities can re reside essentially in your conscious or your subconscious, it opens the door for you to trick yourself into doing wrong for the sake of you believing that it's good. Like if that was truly genuine and there's a sense of what he was doing for the party, then he would have he would have lived and died by his, by, he would have been in the room when they when they just shot up the room and he was nowhere to be found. But we know for a fact that, and I mean, even as we, I, I'm not sure if you were uh, still in the conversation at that point, but like, as soon as that interview came out where he was saying, you know, he was doing good for the, um, the revolution, um, he killed himself. Yeah, the next day. Like, right yeah, like, he, like this, was a, this was a shattered individual that was susceptible to manipulation, not just manipulation from outsiders, but manipulations from his, from his conscious and his subconscious mind. Like, shit like that is a real thing. And there's people in these communities that think that same way. And it's literally a battle of the logical versus illogical, the people who are choosing to be present in their frame of mind, and then people are, who are just choosing to go through life, you know, for what, I mean, essentially for what it is, like, it, it, is, a, it is a race at the end of the day, but there are some people that choose to go through life hating life or hating their environment or trying to place blame on something else and, and you know, using that to fuel their actions. And I think, you know, misinterpretation is going to be the outcome of that, but it's like, okay, are we really providing validity to this argument because the mentally ill are trying to tell us that this is their definition of this crime and the logical are trying to tell us this is the definition of this? Like, I think that's just asinine in itself. Like, we should know, we should all know what, you know, snitching is, but because mainstream has provided so many images and viewpoints of what it could be, whether it be artists or, um, you know, thrillers as far as, you know, crime, crime shows, crime movies, whatever it may be like, you know, it gives the people who are committing these crimes more fuel to, you know, back their claim of what snitching, what snitching is versus what snitching isn't. And then we're like, no, the definition hasn't changed. Y'all have just had people misuse what the true definition is. And because it's mainstream, it's easier to get more people to, you know, believe in this this idea, this ideology, but it's misused ideology. It's it's harmful ide ideology, and it's really it's 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 a weaponized ideology that can, you know, like I said, be the difference between life or death, depending on you know your interpretation of the uh, of the word. Okay, what if we do it more on a uh, lower level, just a regular person, like this, a nosy neighbor, like a old lady who looks out the window and sees somebody doing drugs and call the police? That may be right to her. Is she still classified as a snitch? Absolutely. Okay. Because uh, thing is, is like, okay, we have to like 
at some point there is, you know, community over the individual. But when we look at drugs and we look at the like the black community, like we know for a fact, and I mean, even if you want to take this to, you know, suburbia, but when we look at the community, like black people aren't the ones placing those drugs in the community. So in that case in point, like, you know, the, the argument is there, like, is it snitching? Is it, is it not snitching? Like, you know, you can have some argument there, but when it comes to like just simple, like we using, you, you know, your neighbor smells marijuana as they take their trash out at night or whatever, and they choose to call the cops, like, I ain't gonna lie, man, that, that, that's, a, that's a question. It's, it's really great in the sense because, you know, it requires more thought. Like I kind of have to recant what I've said this far because it really isn't complete, but because they I'll might say just that, not like the smell, like you might, it's, you, you, yeah, it's, you. It's you not know? that. It's the like I said. It's like the the um the imagery that is provided by media, whether it be social media or or TV. But it's like when you think of when you think of you know the smell of weed or whatever, you think of the drug trade. You think of the drug trade. You think of violence. And you can sometimes say that maybe that person who has chosen to call the police is acting within their own self-interest out of self-preservation because they don't want to watch a situation unfold to say, okay, well, maybe they were using it for recreational use or maybe they were using it because they were selling it. And now you have people coming into your community, shooting it up or, you know, starting, starting turf wars or whatever may, you know, ensue because of this person selling marijuana next to you or selling Coke or whatever. Like I could understand it in that aspect, but it's like, you know, it had nothing to do with you at the same time. Like, I mean, I would, I would consider yeah, just, yeah, just based off it. the, yeah, based off the definition, like, I mean, yeah, you, you know, you would be a snitch. What do you think, Brian? <laughs> for somebody telling on somebody for, did they just see somebody selling drugs? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Morgan Freeman said that's a sloppy criminal. I mean, if you're gonna do stuff like that, then you know you take you take that risk. That's a that's a risk that those kind of people accept. So I mean, the legality of the legality of weed is a, is an entirely different thing. Like I don't think that it should be criminal by any standard. But I mean, that's a different discussion. Okay. Yeah, like, but it was like more or less just from like the perspective of the neighbor, like minding your business, like looking out the window, seeing like keeping an eye on you per se. Like if it's yeah. from that perspective, then that's where I feel like, you okay, know, it's yeah, just, it, if, like it's a bit. If they're doing intentional surveillance with the intention of finding out something to pin on you to get you in trouble, I, I could see where that is problematic. But like to with the example what Josh said, he said if the neighbor sees that, he didn't say that the person was setting up sting operations and getting yeah, just kick, yeah, yeah. See, yeah. That, like yeah. they just happen to look like you washing the dishes you can look out your windows like don't even know if you're sitting on your couch and you cracking the blinds like every five minutes every time you're time your car by just for the sake of like gathering information okay you got a problem yeah but if you happen to be like i said washing dishes and you look out the window and see some shit and it happens to be something like that okay well that's, that's a different situation <laughs> that's different from somebody being a yeah. uh, being a, a sofa vigilante true okay i gotcha Josh, when you asked this question specifically, does snitching hurt the black community? So I was thinking back to last year with the incident that happened between Tory Lanez and Meg Thee Stallion. And so I was thinking that it most certainly does hurt the black community. And so far as, so when that first happened, I think that what I heard from Meg's side was that they, she didn't go forward 
because she was trying to protect him because she knew that she she knew at the time and what was going on with with black america and then like police brutality that she said that they're killing us and she didn't want to subject him to to that kind of stuff and it's just like i think that that was definitely in her own detriment if somebody was inflicting physical harm on another person like if if like looking looking objectively just from something that happened if somebody shot another person and you go and tell then you're not I wouldn't say you're a snitch if you're just like a regular citizen you don't portray yourself to be like a street person you weren't doing anything that warranted that or anything like that so you went and let's say you were to divulge that to um you you filed a claim or or you went to the police or anything like that that's a totally different scenario and I think that a lot of people do have that mentality to where they think that they should protect people and kind of like what you were saying earlier with the unwarranted loyalty it's just like that person clearly didn't give a damn about you and your well-being you know so that that was that was bizarre to me and then i think that other people when she did speak on the situation and kind of like it's still murky i don't know what the hell happened um but they had said that she was snitching when she was saying it's just like there's different degrees why would you expect somebody to to defend somebody or to not not act in their best interest when a situation like that happened where their life was potentially at risk it's just it's just ridiculous and then you think about if somebody was placed in the same scenario like these people you see on social media most people if something like that happened to them they would probably behave in the exact same way if not more extreme when it comes to reporting things and getting them uh getting them into the into public eye they couldn't wait to post about it or they'd be the first one following police reports you should ask them it this way so if you had a you knew the whereabouts of somebody who was worth a million dollars you want to turn them in and see what they say <laughs> Like, did you, did you oh, like, like, like they had like um like crime stoppers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, they they would find an exception there. I'm sure they would, but that technically still snitching though. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about the justification for that. It just depends on how they feel at the moment. What's loyal to them in that moment? Are they gonna get more the loyal to like <laughs> the money other black people receive. or the money? <laughs> and the money. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. But uh, I was going to ask, or you had something to say? Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to ask, um, you might have answered it already, but does, snitching does the snitch, no snitching rule devalue life? I know we glamorize killing, uh, make it fun in most instances from video games to gun clubs and everything like that, but does it devalue life? And not even just the no snitching thing, like, do we in general devalue life? To a large degree, yeah, of course. Okay. Right. How do we fix that? Because I feel like because I feel like we value we devalue life more than we value um more than death. I feel social economic issue. You said we value death more than life. Yeah. Yeah. We glamorize the the acts that result in death more than we do the things that provide you a fruitful life. And it also, like, I think it has something to do with, like, how finite and, well, how infinite death really is. It's just, like, it's, it's a phenomenon that, that carries over into, like, the high reference that people have for the dead. But, is that, like but, if, the, but if death is so important, why do we treat life as it's just, as, like, just this thing, you know what I mean? That's a whole I mean, nother we, conversation, bro. I yeah. know. I, I kind of figured you guys were going to go with that. So, <laughs> but I just wanted to mention it, though. <laughs> just curious. I don't know. I think when when it comes to 
That's a very Cause if you think Because if you think about it, we got video games. It's just like, <laughs> like any anybody who doesn't have the brain power I have would probably like, probably think like, oh, maybe, maybe I can do this in real life. Maybe I can rob a store or something like that. You know what I mean? It has some type of influence. Maybe very little, but it has some type of influence. So I just wondering like, we might let it get away with that and everything, but how much do we really value life if we're just like putting this out here for profit mainly? You know what I mean? I mean, think about why people enjoy fiction so much. It allows them to live things and and see things and do things that be it through books, video games, or movies that they can't really do. And that's that's like what what a lot of people gravitate to the voice as mediums for. It's just like the things that you would do in Grand Theft Auto. Same person who who plays Grand Theft Auto and does these crimes, they would not be committing those same things in day to day life. So it's just like just just an extension. And it's not saying that they're living. Um, like like as an avatar or anything like that to that degree but it's just a fact of it's something interesting about things that you can't do or something that's outside of the scope of possibility and i think that's what draws a lot of people to it like in the same case with uh, the fascination with with uh, gang life like a lot of people like those kind of movies the mob movies um gangland the tv series like a lot of people are really fascinated with that it's kind of like we talked about this before it's like the the darth vader effect where they're fascinated with the bad guy and it's just like I think that's just that's just something that's always been prevalent, just because it's it's things that we know that we won't do, that we don't live. That's that's something that's outside of the, the on the fringes of society that we're interested in because of that reason, because it's out of access. Yeah, I only ask because um, just thinking about how mainly guns to the point how we just like glorify guns and like people have gun clubs you got the nra uh even though i think they probably went bankrupt though um I think I that, but yeah we got that just how we glorify guns like video games too and just shots like fired I'm just thinking so no I, th I think they were supposed to be i think it oh yeah they relocated to texas i think that's why even though they're freezing there now but yeah <laughs> more Sorry. shots fired shout out to texas <laughs> anything else My you guys want to add yeah yeah my question was, so when did you first experience, when and how did you first experience the stigma towards snitching? Like, when did you understand that? And how did that, how did your, your stance on that develop over time? Five dollars, you're going to say the boondocks. Who, me? Nah, Josh. Josh? <laughs> no, I was actually thinking, but yeah, it's kind of the boondocks. <laughs> but, but the boondocks that's, that's came probably, out when you were older. That's probably my, mm -mm. it came out 2005. Yeah, 2000, yeah, we was in yeah starting elementary uh starting middle school in if, i don't even but remember if, but, if, but if you're talking about that second season that came out 2007 so it was a little bit later no 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 it was the uh it was second, second season second, yeah, second season, season. ed and rummy were in the second season yeah i know they were in the first season i didn't think ed and i didn't think rummy made it to the second season but you're right thank you for not snitching this 2007 yeah. the uh no no the thank you for not snitching it came out in 2007 i just looked it up okay yeah that's season two when uh granddad gets the uh the pimp my ride with or some shit like that, right? Yeah, it's stolen. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ed Rummy did it, and Riley was the only one that knew. Yeah, yeah. I love that episode. Thank you for not snitching, you dumb motherfucker. <laughs> 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 just, just drove off. Uh, you know, hilarious. But yeah, I would say the Boondocks definitely though. Um, I didn't really understand. Like, I always had questions about the no snitching thing, but I think Boondocks really helped me clear it up. Um, for the most part, especially with me being young too. And I was like about to go into high school at that point too. So after, when that episode was coming out. So yeah. Right. How did you, when did you do it? 
it's actually complicated. Like my, there, I've, I was able to identify a number of scenarios in which I would and wouldn't tell and like how I handled it and then what I learned from it. So I remember like early on, my parents had taught me to stand up for myself and don't take anything from anybody, but also to, to seek the proper channels too. So it was an incident at Chuck E. Cheese when I was uh, six, seven years old. And my, my mom, of course, she said, like, if there's a problem, you know, you try to find help. And if they don't handle it, then you handle it. And there was this kid in the ball pit at Chuck E. Cheese and he kept throwing the balls. And then so <laughs> I went and told my mom and she said, tell his mom to tell him to stop. So I said something to her, to his mom. And she said, oh, he's just playing. So I told him to stop. He didn't do it. So my mom said, if somebody messes with you, jack him up. So that's exactly what I did. He was an older kid, but I grabbed him by his collar. <laughs> and put him up against the side and then so after I did that he ran and cried to his mom and left and so that's that's why I, I feel like is the proper protocol for things it's like okay you you go through the proper channel and then once that isn't resolved then okay sometimes you do have to take matters into your own hands especially when it comes to like standing up for yourself and then another incident it's just like in high school I remember there was an acquaintance somebody who I didn't know too closely but he was a cool guy and so I had found out or heard that on a field trip that his girlfriend had done something with another guy. <laughs> and so I thought he was a cool guy. So I told him. And then so like the next day, the girl, she was cool. I mean, I didn't know her that well, but so she had asked me, she said, can you come to my office? And so her office was her locker. And so she asked me about what I had told him at her locker. And I was just like, damn, at that moment, that's when I realized when it comes to like stuff like that, I ain't never saying nothing else again, because when you do bring it to somebody's attention, first off, they're going to throw you under the bus. And then two, it doesn't make any kind of difference. You think you're helping somebody, but you're not. So it's just best to like, in, in, in matters like that, I definitely think that it's best to mind your business. And that's, that's what made it very evident to me. And that was like, like I said, it was, it was in high school. It was pretty, I was pretty young at that time. But there's definite instances where, like with, with the, what I was saying earlier about like the guys, when there was a, a supposed to like come shoot the school or something like that that was something to where you definitely would need to speak up I feel like I mean I can't speak for you guys but I would like to think that you would or something of that kind of magnitude it's just like it depends on the degree of seriousness and also the consequences it's a very case-by-case -case basis because I mean it's, it's a very complex thing and then just given the stigma of when people when people bring things to other people's attention it's not always well received it's not always worth it um but it's like I said, very case by case. So, I mean, I can't really say that there was one particular instance that, that informed me that telling was a bad thing, but I you can't never, say- You never heard it when you was growing up from kids? No, I, I can say that there was definitely, like there was, there was always a presence of, you didn't, like that was, that was looked down upon. But even like as, as a young kid, I mean, I did have, interactions like that and then also took things into my own hands I didn't always go to the proper channels about stuff like that but I do remember like it was that was something that was definitely looked down upon but I can't say it like that like I said there was there was not like one particular incident yeah when it goes to the proper channels thing uh I feel a lot of times that didn't work so usually when if I was younger and I was in type some type, some type of situation like that I would just remove myself from the actual situation because I, I, I know like nine times out of 10, if I go tell somebody, we're like, oh, okay, we're like, what are you gonna do about it? What, what, what exactly are you gonna do? You're just gonna tell them to stop? That's not gonna stop. That's not gonna like, 
okay, yeah, you told me to stop. I'm gonna stop doing this to this person now. You know what I mean? So I, but by I, you I, not doing it, it's like you're not even giving it the opportunity. You're just saying, okay, I know this. You're making the assumption. And then I feel like when you do bring something to somebody's attention, like an incident where I had the, the altercation at Chuck E. Cheese with that kid, I, I gave him an opportunity. I gave him and his mom an opportunity to stop. And I then think they didn't been, do I, that. I, I know about that. I think about that situation, I think it would have been better if your mom went up to the lady and was like, your son is messing with my son. Can you stop before he punches him? <laughs> or something like that to that nature. <laughs> but I felt like she didn't listen to you because you was a kid anyway. She was like, oh, don't worry, honey. She's just playing. Don't worry. Like, yeah. you don't have the danger. You know what I mean? So a lot of time, the adult doesn't even understand what the child is even talking about or even actually going through to even do something about the problem or they don't care it's not that hard what do you mean it's not that hard to be an adult when it when it comes to like things with children but you know what right and wrong is you're supposed to be the one teaching the kids it's not that hard josh i mean you can you can argue on the on the behalf of delinquency and, and the ignorance and say that okay that these parents these teachers don't know but i think it, it's very clear and it's very cut and dry and like with the incident what i was saying is that once that happened that was—I don't want to say it was—it um, was justification, but it, it, ch it checked all the boxes. There was a definite order of operations. There was okay. I tried to handle this the proper way, and now I'm going to handle this my way. And you might not like my way, so it's best for you to handle it the proper way. And it wasn't anything where it was like life or death or anything. Like, like this was just a scuffle among kids, like something something very small. But I do think that by not by not seeking the proper channels, you are robbing things. You are robbing the the protocols put into place an opportunity to actually prevail. Because I mean, you could you could be maybe right talking about that. to the maybe talking to the adult isn't a proper channel though. May, so what what is a proper channel? What would you suggest that the maybe in that maybe I'm just talking maybe in that situation maybe not talking to the adult isn't the proper channel. Maybe that adult doesn't know what you're talking about, or maybe the adult doesn't care about. What you, you. mean? Don't know it what happens. I'm talking about. I mean, the, the not caring part, fine, but not knowing what I'm talking about. Yeah, that could happen. How can I make it more clear? Uh, uh, an adult could be completely oblivious to what you're saying at that moment. By me know. telling you that, hey, this kid is throwing stuff at me. How yeah, do you go, misinterpret go, that? Go, go out and play. Yeah, go back and play. No, no, that's 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 <laughs> ignoring. But you said not understanding. <laughs> they can actually try to. Sometimes there's parents that actually put it back on the kid too. They'd be like, oh, it's your fault. You know what I mean? Maybe that's not actually the same thing. But I, I've, well, I've heard stories okay. of that too. Well, it's like I said that that doesn't make it the prop make it not the proper channel. You gave it the opportunity, like based off the outcome. Okay, yeah, we need to do something different. That didn't work, but it it's doesn't a, mean it's still, a, it's still a proper channel going to that adult. How do you know that? How do you know that adult's particular set of abilities before you do that? Like, are you psychic? Wait, Would you be like if you're having like a like in that same exact situation? So mm -hmm. for for I guess me and my family to be aware of that parents level of awareness and wherewithal to decide whether or not that was a proper channel of communication to go through to resolve that conflict how would we know that do we just assume that everybody's inadequate in doing so and understanding or how do you how do you know if that parent that you're going to is what say that again is, in, is inadequate in reasoning and isn't like you said it, you, could have, you could have you could have history with them you could you could try to have done it before and no this, no you said you said history with them I'm not saying this is like a regular interaction where you just have with somebody you, you just met like you're just around one time it's not like some like a neighbor you see every day where you're building up habits the situation where I described it was two strangers two groups of strangers in a public place 
So my question to you is, how would you know? Talk about the Chuck E. Cheese situation. Yes. How okay, would you I, was, I, wasn't, I wasn't necessarily talking about that situation. Okay, well, I am. So, <laughs> how, so how, I said, how would we know the mental state and the reaction that we would get from the other parent? How do we know that? I don't know. We don't. So you can either give them the opportunity or not. Okay. So I'm saying like, what, what, you're, what you're saying is like, okay, how do you know that they're, that's the proper channel? So what would you propose then? Because I feel like that is a proper channel because we don't have any ability or any insight into somebody else's reaction when it comes to something like that. That's possible. I was just throwing out actual scenarios though. No, I threw out an actual scenario. No, it's far. <laughs> I got it, Brian. <laughs> have either of you ever snitched? All the time. <laughs> are we going by your definition don't you have your own or would you or whatever one you gonna go by i don't Just i don't know clear. the definition I, that's why i asked you guys i don't fucking I mean, know but we, yeah, yeah. We, we informed you we we look we just talked about that's why that's why your definition, definition no <laughs> okay <laughs> not well, necessarily just, everybody okay, well, i still feel everybody has a different definition of what saying, actually it is so you didn't find anything that we said informative about the definition of snitch. No, I do. Okay, so do you subscribe to that? Do you believe that? I do believe that. I don't believe everybody else does. Okay, so you said you believe that. Great. Okay, so according to your beliefs, have you ever snitched? It's that simple. No. <laughs> it's literally that simple. I said your definition, no. But no. Okay. I mind my own business. Yeah, I mean... That's a general good rule of thumb. <laughs> <laughs> if, yeah, it sure. if it doesn't pertain to me, I don't involve for myself. Sure. Nah, I definitely snitched. I think the first time I snitched probably was like on some, uh, how old I've been at the time? I think I was like in second or first grade. I used to, um, this was like around the time my parents were going through OCS and stuff, which is officer candidate school. So I used to spend a lot of time with like some of their uh trusted friends and stuff and i remember i have uh i don't know if she's my god sister or my brother's god sister but one of my close friends from childhood her name was amber and i remember we were at her uh little table after school eating snacks and i remember i had just got in trouble because i think i was still in first grade so i might have wet their bed and i didn't tell my uh mom so i got in trouble for it so i was just like pissed off about it in general like i was mad because i got a whooping about because i had did something and you know, I got, got disciplined for it. So long story short, we're at the little kid's table and Amber's mom told her to do something. And like, she said it snarky, like she was, she like meant it. Like there was some, you know, intent behind her words as she was saying it. And Amber, like she stuck her tongue out at her, at her mom while her mom's back is turned. And I was like, ooh, miss. She, Amber stuck her tongue out at you and she got, her ass beat because of that. <laughs> I was like, it had nothing to do with me. Like I wasn't a part of the conversation at all. Like I was, I was minding her business when it came to that one. And I like, I sensed that was the first time, but I think that was like the, I mean, I have all female cousins as well. So like pretty sure there was like inadvertent snitching throughout, you know, my childhood. But I think at the same time, at the same time, they, they used to, of course, because I was like one of the few boy cousins, like 
it was all, instead of like the the boys picking on the girls like they used to pick at me but in this scenario so we would always be just, going back and forth the scenario you just gave it was something to where it had nothing to do with you like the fact that she had stuck her tongue out with her mom but you was hurt because you had just been whipped for whatever reason and so you decided to involve yourself in somebody else's business that was a key component of it exactly straight to the point to the definition but that's it like nah it ain't never been a no drama involving like the police where you got to make a decision well i mean i think that's technically so when i got my possession charge but i i kept my mouth shut and i didn't i didn't say anything nothing at all I'm glad you actually mentioned the uh, the Pharrell Drink Champs interview because I was thinking about that one as well. I know you had shared it and we had spoke about that previously. Yeah, man, I need to watch it again. I, that was probably like one of the favorite, like, I'm not gonna say podcasts because obviously they can't compete with us. <coughs> no, obviously. <laughs> but um, no, nah, no, nah, like Pharrell just being, you know, I guess, I don't know if everybody from like Seven Cities have that, you know, I don't know. I what's the word? That inquisition I, when it comes to Pharrell, like anything that happens for Pharrell, I'm very inquisitive about it. So something I do got to watch again. I have another question too on the topic of this. So this question was specifically framed towards framed towards the black community. Does this affect other communities as well? We're not a part of other communities, Brian. Well, they got to do anything. <laughs> we can't speak for other communities, man. I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know the statistics as far as, you know, white on white, Asian on Asian, you know, Mexican on Mexican, like violence per se. Like, it sounds like so much browser. As far, it could potentially be. But like, yeah, I don't know the like FBI statistics for, you know, crimes involving white, two white people or two Asian people to, you know, say like, I guess everything always, as we said before, with our, you know, our, uh, the fallacy of black on black crime, like everything, you know, boils down to radius. And I mean, we're, we are not in any radius to, you know, predominantly Asian communities or, I mean, we are obviously because of white America, like we're encompassed in like predominantly white, you know, areas, but as far as like the true white communities, like the, the people that are you know, gung ho on, you know, everything being white, like, can't speak on their behalf. That's not what I was asking precisely. I was asking more so was, <laughs> so I wasn't asking about interracial crime. I was asking, does no stitching apply and affect other communities in the sense of when things happen to white people, when things happen to Hispanics, when things happen to Asians, you know, when things happen to people from the Middle East? You know, do they do they have those stigmas as well? Like, what are your what are your thoughts and experience with that? Like, do you feel like this is something that's exclusive to the subculture of Black people, or is this something that's more expansive? I've seen I've um, heard white people and other ethnicities use the no snitching thing, but it's not taken as seriously as it is in uh, as far as Black culture though. That's how I feel about it. You have any ideas why? Because we came up with it. We take it more seriously because we came up with it. So what's the origin of it? Just out of curiosity. Uh, I didn't look it up exactly, but I 
believe it uh, has something to do with people not wanting to call the police at first, which resulted in like a movement, like don't talk to police, like no snitching. And then it gradually evolved over time. But I haven't looked at the actual history of it, so I could be wrong. Hmm. So just, I did a quick search here and snitch, I can uh, share the, the link to this, but anyhow, so it's, this is informer, 1785, probably from the underworld slang, meaning the nose, which apparently developed from the earlier meaning of Philip on the nose. And so this is dating back to like the, this one says art 1670s. So it seems to have like a, a pretty deep history. And so for you to say that that's something that black people came up with, that's interesting because, I mean, just based off this search, I don't know whether or not that's valid. But I definitely do think it's more prevalent within our community, like the perception of it, the use of it, especially in the modern context. Are you searching right now too? You asking uh, Josh? Yeah. Uh -oh. I can drop the link that I just found inside the chat. Apparently, there was a campaign in 2004 in Baltimore, Maryland. Ronnie Bethel. The campaign in 2004, what about it? The snitches campaign or stop snitching? Stop campaign snitching. First gained national attention in, two, in late 2004 in Baltimore, Maryland when a DVD released by Ronnie Bethel titled Stop Snitching began to circulate. The slogan was and many other variations existed in the United States long before, but I think that's when the campaign actually started. So what was, his, what was on his DVD? I'm not sure. I wonder if we can get a copy. Oh, Carmelo Anthony was in that video. I think I remember that video actually, hearing about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember that actually. I think it was had something to do with, I don't know, I forgot. But it was in one of those documentaries, yeah. One of the guys who had ties to that DVD's production actually got killed in 2015. I'm guessing no witnesses. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, apparently it was before that, but I think that's when the actual campaign started. But yeah, anything else you guys want to add, though? Tess? No? You said no, Brian? I wasn't looking. How do, how do we correct the perception of differentiating when it is and isn't snitching? Just last minute thoughts. If everybody becomes, starts thinking about the same definition, but that's not how that is. Everybody's on the wrong end of the actual definition. So you're saying we just raise some money, get a Super Bowl commercial in 2022, put an ad out? Uh, that won't necessarily do anything. If everybody starts, you have to believe it. You can't just put an ad out. You got to believe, like, stitch it to something else. But it's transformed to what it is now, so...
I don't think we're nowhere near that though. They just feel it's something completely different. Like you talking to the police or you snitching? Like what's going on? But as far as like getting the actual stigma back to how it actually is, I don't. Like you got an offender bender. Who are you calling first? <laughs> I get an offender bender. Who am I calling first? Yeah. Yeah, definitely the police. You're not calling your homeboys to come. <laughs> nah, you're calling the cops. Yeah. But yeah. Does you have any thoughts on the correct nah. perception? Just dialogue. Sensible dialogue. That's about it. That's the only thing I think of. I think it's all right for multiple definitions of the word to exist at this point, man. It's like it's your free will. It's your free will for you to believe who, who, who in what set, you want to do. Who set this in. definition up though? Like why why is it have to be that type of definition. You know what I mean? If it's a why is it to be the definition that we gave? Yeah. Why can't it be anytime you talk to a cop? You say I, I feel like the, the perception of it, because anytime you talk to a, a, a cop doesn't that doesn't constitute snitching. Like it doesn't it doesn't so remove the word. So let's say <laughs> snitching by its by its default is a is is a derogatory term, a snitch, right? So by you interacting with the police, it does not warrant you being called a derogatory term. The situation. But they use snitch as you giving up information and giving it to the cop. That's all they think of a snitch as, giving up information and giving it to the cop. So if you're talking to the cop, you're more likely giving them information, which means, i.e., you will fucking snitch. I.e., my example, you get an offender, Brendan, you talk to the cops. Okay, well, using using that piss poor definition, it meets the bare minimum requirement. You are giving information to the police. I know. I'm saying why, 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 why? I understand. But, but that's, I understand. That's what I'm saying. There's too much flexibility with that. There's too much flexibility with that. With the definition. Yeah. Like you could just with just using that the bare minimum that you just gave. There's too there's too much room for ambiguity. You can lump anything into it. Okay. I'm saying that maybe they want it lumped into it though. Maybe you shouldn't call the cops after you get into a friend of bitter. Maybe that's how they feel. Oh, no, I'm in this episode because I see you bugging right now. All right. <laughs> you good? Anything else you got when that does? <laughs> nah, I'm good, bro. Y'all bugging for real. All right. <laughs> you got an album of the week? Anything? Uh, I'm going to do a, um, it'll be a, a repeat, but it's it's been a repeat. It's been a, it's an album that we haven't repeated in a while. It's going to be a victory lap. I was listening to, listening to that last night. And then of course, I've been watching, a, I don't know for whatever reason, I've been watching Nipsey, um, Nipsey interviews. And then Brian also has an honorable mention. I think I've done Savage Mode 2 before as an album of the week, but. Really? Yeah. I think I did it a little bit around the time it came out. Cause I, I really enjoyed it. Like it was a good album. So. Savage Mode 2 and uh, Victory Lap. Savage Mode 2, of course, to reference the topic we're talking about today. But if you guys like the discussion, don't forget to hit the like button. We're going to see you guys next week. Until next time.